Okay, well, just say Paul is an elder at South Manchester Family Church and uh, has a prophetic gift, and uh, we just thought it was really right to invite Paul to be with us this morning. So we want to bless you, Paul, and we look forward to what God's got to say through you to us. So bless you. Thank you. Do my ears stick out now? <laughs> I'm really conscious of my ears now. Okay. Nice to be here. Hello. I'll try and swing round a little bit, but I, don't, I can sort of come back a little bit maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I'll probably kick something over. But uh, Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so are you all partied out then from last night, are you? You've still got a bit of party left in you. That's a shame. <laughs> Let's pray. I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, come. We need you, Lord. Thank you. We needed you yesterday. We needed you last night. We need you this morning. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to receive from you in our hearts, in our heads. And from whatever I say, we'll all maybe hear slightly different things, but I pray you'd pierce our hearts and you'd speak to us. And you'd challenge and encourage and stir us and move us forward with you. Because that's what we want to do. So I pray, come Holy Spirit now. Thank you for, yeah, we are sinners saved by grace, but you've given us new hearts. We are a new creation. You've got stuff for us to do still. So I pray, come and speak to us, Lord, this morning. Amen. Right, before I start, I just want to say something. I've, um, when I spoke with the, talked to the elders on Friday, um, it was a, quite a, it felt like a full day. <laughs> it was good. Uh, at least I think it was good. I came away wondering if it was good or not, but I think it was okay. Um, I'm sure we'll find out as time goes on. But I, one of the things I brought to them was a prophetic word I had. It was actually a dream. And arriving here this morning, I suddenly realized that I probably need to bring it to you because this building fits in. I saw the building, basically. Um, and I'll just explain it to you. So this dream, and this was a f- two or three days before I met with the elders, it was of a very small church. And just very quickly... Um, when I was a little boy, my dad used to be a, an evangelist, sort of a, a, I was say a roving evangelist, he used to preach in different churches through Wales, all around, and they were these small churches that actually in the past had seen revival, but then even as a boy, they, they hadn't. They were dwindling and small and full of older people, which is great, but dwindling. Some of them praying faithfully, but dwindling. And I remember as a boy standing on certain areas, and there were plinths and old lecterns built in where Whitfield and Wesley used to preach from. It was all overgrown. And I remember as a boy holding them and sort of seeing, is there any anointing left? And I was only little. I don't know whether if there was or not, but I just thought there was something in me that thought, is this all there is? Is this all, that's, is this all there is? It's too small, God. And I was only little. And in that, from that moment, God birthed something in me for the church. But... The, picture, the dream I had was of a church like that. It was a very small, way out of the way church. And the setup, when I came in, I, I explained the setup. The setup was like this. It was a different angle. And I very often don't go into churches like that. And, it was, and I was coming in, I couldn't move because of the amount of people in the church. It was absolutely packed full. And I thought, something's changed here. What's going on? And then as I was walking away from it, I saw a name across the top, and it was Croden. 
That's, that me means some of it. C-R-O-W-D-E-N. I looked it up. And, um, well, I looked it up after I had the rest of the dream. There were lots of gravestones outside. And then there was a cutting through of a tunnel. And as I looked it up, I thought, oh, well, there is a church in Croton. And it was, it's somewhere in, is it near Buxton or somewhere like that? Gloss, near Glossop. And it's a little way out of the way church with very few people in the community. And there are graves there. And they are graves of men, navvies, who cut through the woodhead train pass through the peaks. Okay? And I didn't know that. And I felt God say to me, and as I, I, I um, these guys, Johnny <laughs> Batsford on the door, I walked back out to have a look at the front of the building. Because as I was walking away from the building in my dream, I turned round and it, the front looked like the front of this building as you walked in. And I felt God say this to me, there are things that have to die in this church before we can move forward. Dying to certain things, maybe ways of doing things. Who knows, lots of different things, maybe. And I brought that to the elders. But actually, that there's work needed now to tunnel through, cross boundaries and cross barriers, right the way through underneath the peaks. And you're getting underneath it. So it's like God's saying he's going to come on top, come above and beyond, but actually to dig underneath, to get under the skin of who you are as a church, get underneath the, the peak district, even prayer, through prayer, and seeing God do something. What's underneath? And almost like the God, the Spirit of God, is going to rise up, and actually you're going to see growth. You're going to see growth. And I'm, I'm talking about numerical growth. But it's not just for here. It's for all over. So... I just thought I'd bring that to you because I thought, I can't believe it. I did a double take when I came in. I thought, I've just got to have a look at the front of the building. And it was the building that I saw. The Croton Church was just said, this is what it's like. There's tunnelling to be done. There's work to be done. And this morning, I just want to encourage us. So I hope that makes sense. I mean, it's something that we need to pray into. And there's a bit more. But I just thought I'd bring you the essence of it. Because God wants to do something. It's not finished yet. In some respects, it feels like it's just starting. So, okay, I want to, uh, I don't know if you can put the first slide, that's not the first slide. Uh, um, okay, can you see that? Did it, has anybody, that's, that little figure is uh, Stretch Armstrong. Ah, not, it's not me, although I wanted to try and look like that, not with the arms so much. <laughs> but I must admit, I did, I've done my arms in, I did try and do some weightlifting and try and lose weight. And I've pulled my arms, but uh, stretch. I want to talk this morning, and I'm going to use a bit of the passage in the Bible in a minute uh, from Isaiah about stretching, about stretching out. Um, someone said that doing, so, I don't know if it was Einstein, someone said doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, is called insanity. Some of us can do that, can't we? <laughs> and if you're like me, you can resist being stretched for different reasons. We can get comfortable, get established in a routine. Routines are good, aren't they? Settling, you know, it's good. We know what to expect. And then we can get, you know, we get up and we more or less do the same things over and over again. And, and we think that's life. And we can get settled into a routine. And it happens more and more as you get older, I find. Don't like change slightly less than maybe I used to. The thing is, if you always do what you've always done, you always get what you've always got. Yeah? 
And for some, as we're going to read in the passage in Isaiah, next. I haven't got the control here. Got it? Isaiah 54. So you've got the Bibles. Oops, sorry, let's rub this. Isaiah 54. And uh, just gonna um, gonna read from verse two, and I'm gonna pick one or two bits out. It says, "Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities." Now, this passage came to me when I had that dream. Because although God wants to stretch you and to resettle desolate areas all across. This being one of them, but right across. But there's things we need to do, which we're going to look at in a minute. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. And then going down, it then talks about weapons being formed. And then it's just, it's interesting, there are weapons that are formed, but it says in verse 17, no weapon forged against you. So there are weapons forged against us, but none of them will prevail. And you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So, when we do stuff, and we do what we've always done, we more or less get the same. And sometimes, as in this passage, it can mean spiritual barrenness to a certain degree, to a greater or lesser degree. And, you know, sometimes we don't mean to be spiritually soft. We, we fall into those routines, and our lives maybe don't bear the same kind of fruitfulness for God's purpose. And there are all sorts of reasons for that. And there are certain restrictions that that are, um, come along that stop that, which we're going to talk about in a minute. And, you know, we can be young and give our lives to God um, for a few years. Maybe a few years ago, we were had more vibrancy. You know, people say, well, I'm getting older and things slow down. That's true. It's true for me. But then we can become familiar and over-familiar, and then, or maybe we just get overwhelmed. We can get overwhelmed. How is God going to save this nation? We can get overwhelmed with the task. What have I got to do with that? And then we can lose hope because the task is so big. And the task might be for you, a friend or a neighbor or a work colleague. You know, I prayed for years and there's still no breakthrough. And you can lose hope. And in Isaiah 54, the people of Israel were experiencing a, a bit of spiritual barrenness. They were thirsty for God to do something in their life, though. They were tired of the same old answers and the same old dialogue. You know, you can get tired. You can get tired of people saying the same stuff and not seeing the results. You know, maybe, if you're like me, you've had prophetic words, you've had words, and you think, God, when is that ever going to happen? I can't see it. I can't see it. And we've had encouraging things, and prayers. And, you know, prayer meetings are wonderful, aren't they? And parties. Prayer meetings should be parties, I think, maybe. You know, but, it's just saying. Okay, just, just throw that one out there. All right. yeah. Actually, this should be more of a party than last night, actually. You know, but we change, don't we? Go, oh, well, you know, we've come into the Holy of Holies now. And I think Jesus loves jelly and ice cream just as much. Yeah. You know? Do you think? Yeah. I think he might turn 
your water into something else. Gillian ice cream. Now that would be a miracle, wouldn't it? <laughs> but the people were, of Israel here were really seeking God. They were seeking God to feed their souls. And, you know, have you been asked a question? I, I do question things. My kids say to me, Dad, you know, you've brought us up like this. I don't know if you've ever seen the logo of EA Games. It says question everything. I'm afraid I'm a bit wired like that. I, do. I, think, I, I think the elders sort of found that out a little bit on, on Friday. <laughs> it was good, though. Um, but thirsty for God. You know, life is the same things. Same things. I'm doing the same things this year than I was last year, and I want it to change. And we search for meaning in the greyness. Sometimes there's a greyness. You know, if you live in Manchester, you've got to live with greyness. You know, like, I, I get, honestly, I think, oh, Lord, I wish, oh, please send me down south again. To Pool Harbour or on the coast, you know, with all the old people in their E-types. <laughs> please. I mean, if you're going to get run over, get them run over by a very rich old lady in an E-type. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a wish, by the way, or a prophetic word. It was just. See, Isaiah is writing here about a people who are craving meaning in their life. Glory of God coming. We want more of God. We want the glory of God. We want to expand what we're doing here. I want to expand my own life, my capacity for God. And Isaiah is writing to these people. He's saying, look, that a day will come when God will ask something incredible of you, and you've got to be ready for it. And I want to say that to you. You think you've already been asked incredible. I think you haven't yet. I think it's coming. But God's going to say, oh, there's even more incredible stuff to do and to see. And sometimes you won't even be praying for it and asking for it, and it'll just appear. It it could be in the shape of people or visitors. We didn't even ask. We haven't even brought them. Is God able to do that? Yes, he is. So it talks about enlarging the place of your tent, stretch your curtains wide do not hold back see god is ready to do a bigger thing god has a bigger plan for you here got a bigger plan for you personally and whether you believe that or not doesn't uh, doesn't bother me i'm saying god has a bigger plan for your life he's ready to do a bigger thing you must enlarge the place of your tent stretch your tent curtains wide that means going to the next place where God wants us to go. Lengthen the cords, strengthen your stakes. What does that mean? So I want to look at uh, just a few things about what enlargement is. Uh, hopefully I've got one or two slides and I'm just trusting that they'll s- sort of appear behind me by magic. Only a couple. So what, I just want to look at what enlargement is. Enlargement is active preparation. So if you went to enlarge yourself... You have to be prepared. It's not a passive thing. He's asking them to do it. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Now, it is a work of God, but we do it. Okay? Enlarge the place of your tent. It's like when we say, Lord, you know, mountains will move. You know, the, the Bible says, it doesn't say to us, Jesus, I want to tell you about this mountain. You know, I find that we can do that in our prayer meetings. Lord, this is a big mountain, Lord. Will you move it? And the Bible says, speak to the mountain to it to move. We speak to the mountain. Because if we've got a seed of faith, that's enough to move it. So we, Jesus trusts us to speak to it. I mean, he's happy to hear us, but he's saying, yeah, yeah, I can see the mountain. Now speak to it. And then what if it doesn't, doesn't move? Well, we keep speaking. 
We keep digging. We keep tunneling to weaken the mountain. I don't know. Enlarge the place of your tent. It's an active preparation. It's also, it encompasses a greater area. Lengthen your cords. It encompasses a greater area. You may think that you are just for here. No, I think you're for right across. Different communities. It's a different, this is, a, I was driving through, you know, my wife Alison said, this is lovely, we're driving through little villages. I was brought up in the country, I'm a country boy. I don't know if I could live in the country now, because <laughs> I'm used to the city. Although I do like the, the quieter elements. <laughs> it's a bit noisy in the city. But God is doing something, and he's doing something here in a different way. And there's smaller communities right across. And it's lengthening your cords. How do you lengthen your cords? Well, you have to stretch out. It's a foundational thing. Sometimes they're not fitting. So you, he says, pick that up then and reseat it over here. So you may find God speaking to you about places. You're thinking, well, we're doing something here, but actually it's not really, we're not sure if it fits. But actually if we stretch and do it there, God will do something. And there's something we need to pray into really as a church. Enlargement is remaining strong. Strengthen your stakes. Strengthen your stakes. So that's a foundational thing of, God, what is it that we need to strengthen as a people? What is it that I need to strengthen in my life? Maybe I'm not, my relationship, I'm not so deep in the word as I need to be. Strengthen my stakes, Lord. I want to go deeper into you so I can be strong. Not stuck, but deeper and strong. It's remaining strong. See, enlargement doesn't just happen. It, become, it comes as a result of preparation. It doesn't mean becoming weaker, but remaining strong as a result of preparation. So we're prepared. True enlargement, of course, comes from God. Enlargement of our steps. It means stability. What does that mean? It means a bigger footprint spiritually. God wants to give you a bigger footprint in your own life and in the life of a church. A bigger footprint. And it could be all over the place. Claiming. Do you ever do that? Do you go into places? Do you walk sometimes? And people, if people knew, if the public knew what we were doing sometimes, they think we were mad, wouldn't they? I mean, we are mad, but, you know, for Jesus. But, you know, just walking quietly, claiming the ground for Jesus, every footstep. Have you ever done that? Try it again. If you stop doing it, just try it again. It's not the whole, it's just, does it mean anything? Yeah, it's a confession. You're, you're saying, God, I give you this place. Because you're bringing the kingdom of God to bear where you are. You know that. Everywhere you are, you're bringing the kingdom of God to bear where you're going, where you are, where you live, where you work. It comes from God. In Samuel 2 Samuel 22, it says, You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. God wants to give us stability. It's not like a rocky, ra- rocky road that, you know, oh, Lord, you know, I keep, I keep falling and tripping up and stubbing my foot. It really hurts. Sometimes life feels like that. But actually, God wants to give us a wider path to keep us from slipping. He also talks about enlargement of heart. It means increased compassion for the lost and forgiveness. In, in 1 Kings 4, it, God gave Solomon great wisdom and understanding and knowledge too vast to be measured. Enlarge our hearts, Lord. He said he gave Solomon wisdom and exceedingly great understanding. Do you want that? I do. What about enlargement of location? In Psalm 118, it says, Out of a strait called I on the Lord, and he answered me with enlargement. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. This is what 
stretching means. Areas, community areas. So in this text, the question that God is asking essentially is, will you grow? Will you grow? Will you? Do you want to? Do you want to grow? Do you want to grow? I'm asking you the question. And I'm not, I'm not talking about numbers yet, because we say, oh, numbers, it's all about numbers. No, well, it is about numbers, because there are numbers of lost people. So it is about numbers, isn't it? But they're not numbers, they're people. And they're lives that are on the edge that need saving and adding in, and then being sent out again. The danger is we can be added in and stay added in. Do you want to go out again? Do you want to grow? Do you want to grow in yourself? Thinking, I, th- I thought I was growing. That's great. I want, to gr- I want to grow. I want to keep growing until I'm going. <laughs> yeah? I want to keep growing. You grow, and then you go. It's great. It's a win-win. It really, it really is. There's some common misconceptions about growing. We can't grow by burying ourselves in the ground and expecting something just to spring up. Okay, there was a story about a, a farmer in America who bought a load of little chicks, hundreds, 100 or 200 chicks, and uh, came back a few weeks later and said, I need another 200. The ones I planted have just not grown. A bit sad. It's not a true story, okay? It's right, yeah. <laughs> At least I don't think it is. Right. But you can't, you, it's no good just planting something that's alive hoping something somehow is going to magically spring up. We need to listen to God's voice. There are other things you need to do. You need to enlarge your capacity for God. That, oh Lord, I want to enlarge my capacity for you. God, like I said, God wants to do a bigger work in our life. God has a bigger purpose. But for that to take place, we must enlarge our capacity for God. That means I want to receive more in order to give more away. I, you know, we're rubbish at receiving, aren't we? Oh, thank you so much. It wasn't me, it was the Lord. Yeah, of course it was, but it was you. He used you. I'm not being sarcastic. I mean, that's what we say. Will we grow? Will we enlarge? Do you want to enlarge your capacity for God? Yes, I'm not sure if I can, really. I don't know. I don't know if people will approve, really. I don't know. I, you know I've been like this for years, and if I suddenly enlarge my capacity for God and start doing stuff, what are they all going to think? Some of you might be thinking. The number one purpose God is creating us was for us to know God in an intimate relationship. He's called us to know him. He doesn't need to know us. He knows us already. He created us. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need you. But there's the mystery. He uses us to fulfill his purposes on the earth. You are Jesus on the earth. It's true. He uses us. And the second reason God created us was for us to make himself known through us. Through you. Are you making Jesus known through you? How are you doing that? How are you doing that? This isn't a critical thing. It's how are you doing that? God wants to use you. And you know, I want to say it's not that you just give... I haven't given the full gospel package to anyone in my workplace yet, therefore I'm a failure as a Christian. No. A smile or a word or an act of kindness can let the Holy Spirit in to unravel a mess with them. 
and get them and bug them. Isn't that right? So it's not just about, I've got, it's all or nothing. It's not black and white. And that can cripple us if we think like that. In larger capacity, making room to grow. In 1 Chronicles 4 verse 10, Jabez cried out to the Lord of God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I may be free from pain. And God granted his request. This is Jabez's prayer. Bless me and expand my territory. See, it's not wrong for you to ask God to bless you. I would suggest that it should be our prayer. God bless me. Why? Because I want to enlarge my territory. For you. That's what I want to bless others. I want to be a pool of blessing. Thank you, for, thank you for what you've given me, but I want to bless in the way I can. And I might, might need some more from you in order to do more or bless others. His prayer wasn't self-centered, but rather it was centering on allowing God to expand his area of influence. God wants to expand your influence for his purpose. The measure of our lives is not based on what we consume, but on what we allow God to birth through us. Do you understand that? The measure of your life is not what you consume, but what you allow God to birth through you. Let's allow God to birth some more stuff through us. Some of us, and I think some of you here, thinking, I don't think I can birth anymore. And I'm not talking humanly, okay? I'm talking spiritually, birthing something. God still wants to birth something in you. And you can laugh like Sarah behind the tent saying, I'm too old in disbelief and the Lord will say this time next year I'm coming back and you'll have a son and I think God wants to say that to you move away from inside the tent laughing and come and stand with Abraham saying we believe your word Jesus we believe you're going to birth something in us even at our old age even at the stage we're at we believe you for new birth do you believe that? New birth is coming. I believe it. But it has to start with us believing that God can birth something in us and through us again. And you. He can do it. I believe he can do it. I believe he wants to do it. I believe that is the word of God for you. He wants to birth something and rebirth something. And it's not going to be a stillbirth. It's going to be alive and kicking and screaming. (laughs) And it's going to be busy. And it's all hands on deck. And it's going to be messy. Do you want that? Yes, no, yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a little bit of no in there, isn't it? Because it's scary. But that's what it means. That's what new birth is. It's not clinical. It's not black and white. It's dangerous. It's life and death sometimes. It's pain. But the joy of seeing new birth overwhelms everything, doesn't it? That's what mothers tell me. I I wouldn't possibly know, (laughs) although we've had three daughters, and I've been there at each one. It's been great, absolutely amazing, amazing, birth is amazing. It's not based on our ability, it's the spirit that dwells in us. It's not about your ability, it's about your expandability. Thinking, but all I have is this, I said this to the guys on Friday, if we can bring a little pat lunch, it's all I've got, Jesus. If you bring that with no faith... You go away with a pat lunch. 
If you've got faith to Jesus, he feeds thousands with it. And you may sit there today thinking, all I've got, I haven't even got a packed lunch, I've just got a fish. I've got a crust. That's all I've got. Can Jesus, if you give it to him, feed people with that? Yes, he can. So you may be there thinking, all I've got, I've only got this. I'm not that gifted. I've just, I'm here and I'm just, in fact, it, it took everything I've got in me to come here this morning. But, you know, there's something, there's something in me that wants to see something. God can use that and birth something in you. He wants to do it. This is he wants to do it. Because it means that people in this area hear about Jesus and say, I know about the grace of God now. I know what, you've, I know what Jesus has done. I need to repent and follow him. Can I come with you on the journey? There are people out there that are desperate to come on the journey with you. They just don't know it yet. They need you. It's not about your ability. It's, about, it's like you know, an expansion. It's the difference between a water bottle, a hot water bottle, or a balloon. They both hold water. The problem with the water bottle is restricted. It cannot expand. It's not elastic, is it? I mean, you can try, but you're going to get so far. But a balloon, you can fill and fill and fill. And it's, you can get big, can't they? And of course it bursts and you're a mess everywhere. You don't go that far. <laughs> See, it's not about size, though. It's about ability to stretch with what God wants to do. And there are restrictions. It's why Jesus said you can't put new wine into old wineskins. They used to keep wine in animal skins, didn't they? Old wineskins, they dry up and they, use, they lose their elasticity. Their ability to stretch and grow, expand. That's why... New wine needs new wineskins. And God's doing something of new wine amongst you, and it requires a new wineskin, because the old wineskin will split. So you need a new wineskin that's elastic and movable, because the old wineskin's restrictive. I just want to say this. I, in the spirit, I just want to. I want to lift off. I, there's, there's other pictures and things I had as well. Um, I just want to lift off any sense of restriction. You can't do it. It can't be done. I'm not sure if it's you. I'm not sure if that's right. Low risk. I I just want to know. Let's just pray. Actually, let's let's just close our eyes. Father, I I pray, Lord, that now in the Spirit you change the, the hot water bottle, as it were, to a balloon. You change the old wineskin and its old way of doing things, some of it, old mentalities, old attitudes, and you transform them by new wine into a new wineskin. And I, Lord, in the prophetic, I prophetically lift off now the seal, the lid, that says it can't be done. You can't go there. You can't do it. It's too risky. It's not you. You're not gifted. You haven't got it. I want to lift that sense of needing permission. I lift off the permission-seeking mentality that says, will, will it be approved of? Will it be seen as too risky? Jesus says to you, it's time to take daring, risky exploits for me because people need it. Time is short.
And I pray in the Spirit now, I, I prophetically lift off the sense of, oh, I need permission. I just feel Jesus says you don't need permission. Now, obviously, there's certain things that you need to, <laughs> you know, where there's accountability. I'm not taking about lack of accountability. But that's not the same as having to seek permission and having it triple stamped before anything ever happens. I lift that sense off now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us to help you to now start to walk and to run. Even though you feel wobbly because you're thinking, I've not, I've not done something like this before for quite a while. And I've been told I can't do it. But I believe I want to. I believe I can. I pray you do it now in the Spirit. I pray do it now, Holy Spirit. Just break something now. Break something now. Just ask, if that's you, if you, if you identify that resonates in any way, just quietly now, for just a few seconds, say, just agree and say, yeah, do it, Lord. Do it in me, do it in us. And there's no looking back. Amen. We'll just move on. A few more little bits. I'm not sure what time is that actually or how long I've got. <laughs> but, okay. Okay. Yep. I, I mean, I'd like to, um, obviously, I'm going to, I'd love to pray with people afterwards and we'll just, I'll, I'll put some things out there that you may want to respond to either with me or, or later on. But God is, God is wanting to do something here. I feel he's, he's very powerfully here. And it's not just because I'm stood here, but he's, he's here. And he wants to do something. He wants to unravel something in you that's been wound up. Cords knotted. That he wants to make straight. Stretching. Stretching has a tendency to cause pain. Like I said to you, when I, 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 try, and go, I try and go to the gym, mainly to lose weight, but also I used to be a weightlifter and I used to play ru- a lot of rugby. And it, it's all relaxed muscle now. <laughs> <laughs> Most of it. <laughs> Uh, it's like, have you seen Peter Pan where they go, oh, there you are, Peter. Right. It is me. Um, but I, I have this, this is machine that Alison keeps telling me, you can't go on there anymore. It always just ruins your arms. And I sit there, and there's a pad here, and I, I, I lean forward, and it's like bike handlebars. You pull, and it's linked to weights here. And I do, like, 20 weight, more weight, another 20. Two days later, I'm walking around like this. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I'm just about, it's just about okay now. Well, I look, I look like I just put a tray and I'll serve drinks, you know. It's just, but it's really, really painful. No, I mean, I've huge muscles. But that's not the point. I could do without that. I just want to lose weight, not like, mm. So, stretching can cause pain. Okay? But you've got to do it properly. <laughs> and it's not all at once. It's bit by bit. You work in a certain set of muscles. So, like I said, to... to cause pain to to stretch ourselves it causes pain and uh it may cause pain may cause pain for you may cause pain a little bit personally or maybe as a church as we move forward because we're moving away it means commitment by making muscles stronger you tear down some of the cells i think that's what i do you over tear it i think to over tear the muscles over commit (laughs) 
but actually it does come out stronger. But there's ways of doing it. So what about, else about stretching? We need to be motivated to stretch. Most of us, if you're like me, avoid stretching really in the end. You try and avoid it, don't you? But I don't mean in the morning stretch. I mean stretching and really going for it and being expanded. And we do that when we come up against something that's bigger than we are. We tend to back off. And why is that? I think the first thing is we're fearful. We're fearful of the unknown. We're thinking, what is it that God wants to do with me? It's unknown. I'm afraid. I'm nervous. I don't know. It's... And fear can paralyze us. The unknown. Fear of the unknown can paralyze us, can't it? Don't know what's going to happen. Bad experiences can be fearful also. I've done that once. I've tried that. And it came to nothing. It blew up in my face. So I'm not going to do it again. Because I don't trust myself. I don't, I just... And then God says something else and you, you treat it with a little bit of contempt. You say, I don't know if that's really... I don't know. That you do that. That's great for you. That's great for you. Get some new young people in. They'll do it. That's great. But you know, I've seen it all. I've done it. And you know, you just wait and see. You just wait and see. Someone will do something or say something and it'll blow up in your face. It's not worth it. Well, you can have that attitude, but that's not expanding yourself for God. And it's not really encouraging either. It's a bit negative. And we can all say that. I'm sure we've all got stories. I could give you a whole list of stories where I could have just gone away somewhere else, done something else with my life. But we don't. Why is that? Because God's got hold of us for something. He's got hold of you for something. So we might be fearful. What else stops us? Maybe we're just satisfied. We like where we are. I like it. I'm comfortable. I'm happy with where I am. I don't really want to stretch. I like the idea of it, but I'm not sure if I really want to do it. Again, other people can do that, and I'll cheer from the sides, saying, yeah, go And sometimes that is, we all have a different role. Sometimes that is, thinking, I'm not sure how much I can do, but I can pray. Maybe that is. But stretching prayer, bigger prayers. I, I, I sometimes, I don't know, I have what I call text prayers. I don't know, <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about prayer meetings I've been in, okay? Where every, there's quite a few people there, and they've all got something on their heart, and it's like they're telling God the thing that's on their heart. And that's absolutely brilliant, and God loves that. But it's what I call text prayers, because Lord, oh, can you just, oh, and we would just send. Okay? And then someone over here, now sometimes they're great, but also... There's another time for soaking something in prayer, one thing, saying we're going to go for this. And I think it's a bit like that tunnel I was talking about. It's drilling down into something and saying, God, we want to see you move. We want to see you move here. We want to see you move. We want to see you move. Prayer is vital. really is vital to seeing things shift. But sometimes we can be satisfied. Maybe we, don't, we avoid being stretched because of low self-esteem. You know, someone said to me, a lot of people with low self-esteem have above-average ability. They just don't see themselves in the proper light. That's interesting. God wants wants to see you and wants you to see yourself in the proper light of who you are, of who he's made you, of what he's called you to be. And like I said, others may not approve. And we've prayed about the permission thing, or restricted. Somehow there was a restriction going on. And again, I'm just saying to you this morning, the restrictions are off. Okay? Everything, I feel in the spirit, the restrictions are off. That's risky. That's scary. What does that actually mean for me? 
What does that mean for you? It's scary, but it's fun. It's fun. Dangerous. Like living dangerously a little bit? Oh, don't know. We're in England after all. How dangerous can we really be? See, what motivates us? The challenge. Even the challenge is a stimulant. Others are are motivated by dissatisfaction. I'm not satisfied so far, God, with what's happening. I want more. That can be a motivation. That's okay. But it has to turn to action, even if it's a prayer. And like I talked about, previous successes. Lord, I've seen you faithful. I've seen you faithful in the little things. Now let's see if we can push it a bit. Be faithful in some more things. See, I think you've been faithful in little things. God's saying now it's time to be faithful in the big stuff. Yeah. Eh? The big stuff. Oh, but that feels a bit like dangerous ground. <laughs> yes, it's dangerous. <laughs> but you have to do it with a smile on your face, though. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Oh, that sounds like it's in contrast. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. I want to say this to you. Anything that you have done personally as a church thus far that is for the Lord has never and not been in vain. Not been in vain. Now, we talk about the wilderness years. There's always a purpose. Jesus could say, oh, I had the wilderness. But there was a purpose in it all. There is no lost ground. It may feel like it. The enemy says, give up. What's the point? But there's nothing lost with Jesus because he's refining us, purifying us. He's after our character. Ooh. Personality is another thing. It's after your character. Whatever you do for God is never in vain. If it's for God... It's never in vain. Okay? Why don't you just say that to yourself? Just in your spirit. The things I've done for God, all that I've done for God, or however little I've done for God, it's never been in vain. It's not been in vain. Just say it to your spirit. Just in your heart now. Just want you, you need to acknowledge it. It has not been in vain. Even if it's gone horribly wrong, it's not been in vain. Okay, stretching, almost there. And then we'll pray. Is that okay? Are you with me? Yeah. Keeping up? <laughs> just rambling stuff here, but I just feel the sense of essence prophetically of what God wants to do and unlock here. Stretching never stops. So just a few other things. See, when you stop stretching, you become boring. That's <laughs> true. Are you a bit bored? Don't have to answer. I can, tell, I can tell some of you have got bored. They have. You've got bored. Because the challenge hasn't been there. It's just been just out of reach. Do you want to become less boring? Don't say yes, because it sounds like you were boring before. Okay. <laughs> yes, I want to be less boring, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I want to be less boring. I want to be less bored. You see, Jesus is not going to bring in like for like. If he brings bored, sad, tired people in to a bored, sad, tired people, they're going to say, well, what's in it for me? Well, what you all do, let's go and do something else, more fun. 
Now, I'm not talking about all that, you know, it's serious business. We do, we want to be serious for God, but I don't want to be boring. Do you? It's fun. There's a joy in it. There's a joy in the work. Isn't there? Yes. Please, God. There is joy in it. (laughs) Oh, dear. Jesus is good. You know he loves you so much. He really does. He does. And that's difficult for blokes. A bloke, for, for a bloke to say Jesus loves another bloke very much. But he loves us. He loves me. He's a man's man. But he's a woman's man as well. Now hear what I'm saying? Okay? He's right for both. He's Jesus. He's all of it. He's the one. He's the one that stresses us and stirs us. So discover your potential. What is your potential? You see, the devil would want written over you unfulfilled potential. And that's not what the Bible says. Now, you may die while doing it. That's the risk we take. You know, died while fulfilling his potential. That's better than unfulfilled potential, isn't it? (laughs) Discover your potentials. And it comes, that comes in an encouraging environment. So let's encourage one another. Encourage the person next to you, but not now, but as in life, in your small groups, wherever you live, encourage one another as community. You can do this. We're with you. I've got your back. I'm praying for you. God says this about you. I've, I've never noticed this gift in you before, but no, have you thought about that? Have you thought about leading worship? Have you thought about speaking to that person or praying? Yeah, can we do that? It's encouraging. And that's why our potentials are discovered in an encouraging environment. Dedicate. Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans, it says in Proverbs. Commit it to Jesus, and then develop. Fifty years ago, there was a swimmer, greatest swimmer of all time. He had 50 swimming records. And today, a 13-year-old girl has broken the records. Don't limit your potential. It's there to be broken. It's there to be... You know, um, some of us have to hand batons over, but have you got a baton to hand over? They, oh, well, I don't know. I think, I'm not talking about a legacy. I'm talking about something that God's invested in you that you can invest in somebody else and, ex- and push them forward beyond you. I'm trying to do that all the time with young guys in our church. And sometimes it frustrates me because they're better than me at certain things. I think I don't want them to. I just want to hold them back slightly because it, it makes me look bad. I'm just being honest with you. Not all the time. But actually, I think my heart is, no, I want you to go. I want you to go, and then you do the same. So you're thinking, maybe I I can't run a marathon, Paul. I can't run a sprint. But I can hand this baton, and I can run alongside and hand it. But you see, the thing is with relay races, when you're doing that, there's someone here coming and giving you something. Yeah, you see, you can't get out of it. Because when you hand something over, God will then hand something else for you to run with. So, run in a way that you can hand something on, but also receive. If you're running with nothing, it's just running, isn't it? And you get tired. So, 54 verse 2 says, do not hold back. Do not hold back. Been holding back, for whatever reason, do not hold back. 
God is interested in our development, so stretch. Okay, I'm going to finish there. I'd, li- I'd like us to pray, if that's okay. I just want to... Yeah? I'd like us to... Because uh, like it's active, I'd like us to... If you'd like to stand with me, if you, if you can, stand. So there's a little bit of a prophetic action. I don't mean silly action, I just mean a step. If you... Through just my rambling words, if you just think God is saying something, I, I believe he wants to take the lid off this church. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I know certain things. But you've got, you're at a crossroads a bit. And it's just really beginning. And I know there's pains involved and there's elements of grieving but in the middle of all of that, I want to tell you there's a fresh new birth coming. And if you think, yeah, if, you, if your heart answer is, or even if it's just your mind saying yes, if you say, yes, Lord, I want to, I want to see that new birth, I want to be expanded, I want to see this church expand into all sorts of areas, just, why don't you just, if you can, symbolically just take a step forward. I don't know, we'll be behind seats, but just, just take a step forward. Okay. And now the second thing is, I'd just like you to join me and stretch your arms out. And this is just simply, it's, it's an acknowledgement to God to say, Lord, I... I'm here today, I'm stood before you, and here I am. I'm, I may be a broken vessel, I may walk with a limp, but I want it to be a good limp. A, a limp that has wrestled with you and come through for your glory. And I, I'm here now with my arms open wide to say, I want, you to, I want you to stretch me, Jesus. I want you to stretch me again. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you that I'm a new creation I thank you that you've got so much more to invest in me and me and others. But now today as I stand here, I say, stretch me, Lord. Stretch my, increase my area of influence for the sake of the gospel. In stretch and increase my spiritual footprint individually as a person and in the life of this church. I pray you expand the spiritual footprint of this church all over the hills. All over the hills and the valleys. All over Communities that people have never heard of. I pray it, Lord Jesus. Footprints all over. Underpinned with dugout prayer. Dugout prayer that's hard work, that presses in, but unlocks something from underneath. So I pray, come now. Lord, I pray as my arms are stretched out, fill me now. I, I ask you to fill me, to stretch me, and I want to start to fulfill again my capacity in God, my potential in God, whatever that may be. Lord, forgive me wherever let others or circumstances or seeking permissions to prevent me somehow, and I've just shriveled back up again. I'm coming out now and saying, here I am, Jesus. I want to run with you. I want to run again because there are precious people, young and old, who need Jesus, and they need to see you in my life more and more. Do it now. Now, I pray over works that are being done here, in the community, groups, 
I don't just mean work, but I mean work that, church, that you're doing as a church. I pray now expansion to come into those groups now where salvation comes. Lord Jesus, small things, little things, coffee things, young people, children, Lord, coffee bars, all these, all these other things that are great, brilliant, good works in the community. We pray now, Lord, that they'll have increased edge to them in the name of Jesus in that people will say now, what must I do to be saved? Uh, this is great, but there's seen something in your eye. I've seen something that you've, you've coped with that situation. Uh, who, wh- why is that? Why is that? Tell me. And I'll say, I'll tell you, it's Jesus. What must I do to know this Jesus? What must I do to know Jesus? Repent and be baptized. I pray it, Lord. I pray for those conversations to spark up. I pray between now and Christmas for conversations like that to start being happening, Lord, in these places now. Do something, Lord. I pray it would be a sign that you're stretching this thing, saying, Lord, stretch it now. Fill this place and then fill other places. Lord, that people will come in and then go out again for the sake of the gospel to start other things over there. Do it, Lord. You put your arms down if they're aching. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Now, just again, just, um, I just want to ask you that if you... I, I'm happy to pray. I'll just hand over these guys now. But I'm happy to pray with you again now. If you think, Lord, I, there's something that's really stopping you, been stopping you, or things have been said, you think, I really want to start breaking through in that, then I'd, I'd love to pray with you afterwards. So you can come and find me and I'll pray. Okay, may have some words. That's it. Amen. I think that's something we need to really just take to heart as a church. We need to pray into that. We need to hear God in that more and to follow God in it. So I just want to encourage you to take that away with you. Just, Just even now in your own life, begin to pray that for yourself and pray for us together as a church and uh, we're going to finish their times gone and uh, kids are coming back in now but let's just uh, thank God shall we just Lord we thank you for your word to us today thank you Lord you want to speak to us for the future of this church for the plans you have for us Lord and we want to embrace all that you have for us for the future Lord we are not a one generational church Lord, you have a a plan, you have a hope and a future for us, and we want to fully embrace it. So help us, Lord, even, Lord, as uh, I'm sure things of this season will crowd in in these next few weeks, but Lord, I pray, will you keep bringing us back to this, that, Lord, we might hear you and we might press in for what you have for us. So we thank you, God. Amen. And we thank Paul as well. If you want prayer, please come down here, Paul, and others will be here to pray.